0: The scripture reading of the day is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses one through 11 and 16 through 20. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a person of peace is there, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking, whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. And he said to them, I watched Satan fall from the heaven like a flash of lightning. Indeed, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you nevertheless do not rejoice at this that the spirits submit to you but rejoice that your names are written in heaven the word of god for the people of god thanks, thanks be to god
1: be seated. In today's passage from Luke, we find Jesus sending out 72 of his followers to go ahead of him to witness. Jesus tells them that the harvest is plentiful and is ready to be brought in, but there are few workers to gather it in. This is where you come in He's telling them, You are to go and to harvest for the Lord. Then he gives practical instructions to them about what to do when they are out in the field. Jesus says, When you find a place that is receptive of the peace you are bringing, stay there and eat what is set before you. We heard that Jesus told them to go and take nothing with them, they would have to rely on the people they were going to witness to to take care of their needs. They would have to rely on them. And he is sending these likely Jewish people out to a vast array of different communities, some of which probably did not follow Jewish eating customs. Jesus is saying, regardless, eat what is offered to you. Don't rock the boat over what is on the table. This is a time for making relationships And a big part of how it was done then and is still done today is by participating in fellowship around the table. Fellowship is not furthered by refusing to eat what is provided, by nitpicking over cultural differences. Stay, eat, drink, be in relationship like Jesus did. Jesus says to heal the sick who are there they would need to tend to the physical needs of the people they were witnessing to. If someone is hungry or sick or in need in any way, they are not going to be receptive to a gospel message that has no impact on those needs. Heal, feed, care for, do the gospel like Jesus did. And Jesus says to tell the people, the kingdom of God has come near to you. They weren't going out just to do the gospel. They were going out to say the gospel too. They needed to tell the people while they were about the business of feeding the hungry, providing medicine to the sick, visiting the imprisoned, they needed to tell the people that the kingdom of God had come near. Preach, teach, proclaim... Share the gospel like Jesus did. At the end of the passage, the 72 return to Jesus and report that they had had great success. They had even been able to expel demons. And Jesus says that he sees Satan falling from heaven as he hears them talk with joy in their voices of what they had done in his name. He says that they should be glad that the kingdom of God is near in this way as Satan is being defeated, but that they should really, really be rejoicing because their names are written in heaven. Earlier in the Gospel of Luke, we can also read how Jesus sent his 12 disciples out with very much the same instructions that we see here for the 72. And when I think about the way the Gospels were put together, ink to parchment, it always makes me wonder when similar stories are recorded. What was so important about these accounts of sent followers that the author would write them both down? What do we make today of this story? Now, some of you who were here last week, may remember that when five new members joined our church, I asked them to make vows to this church. Then we all renewed our own vows to the church as well. Now the vows that are written in the hymnal are to serve, to participate, excuse me, participate in this congregation's ministries by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service. But there is another vow that is not printed in the hymnal, but is part of church membership. Do you remember what I pointed out that we needed to add last week? Witness. Our full vows as church members and as Christians are to participate in the ministry of this church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And that is why I think the author of Luke relates to stories of sent followers, the 12 and the 72. It is not just the vow of a pastor to witness. It is not just the vow of a Sunday school teacher, a lay leader, or an outreach team member to witness. It's all of us, the 12 and the 72 who are to be witnesses to the world. Every one of us, whether behind a pulpit or sitting on a pew, every one of us worshiping our risen Savior has work to do. There is still a harvest ready to be gathered, and no matter how many Christians there are in the world, the workers are still few. When you consider that the Lord wants all of the world to know his name, and accept his grace. Now, before anyone gets too intimidated by this task, it is always good to remember that nothing is accomplished by our own work. No soul is saved because of some program that we put on or by some word that we say. The Holy Spirit must be at work in the heart of the person for whom we we are doing something or to whom we are saying something, for there be For there to be any harvest of a soul for Christ. But God needs us to participate in the work. God doesn't need us to do or say anything to save a soul. But he sure prefers to work through us to do it. Think about it. How many people do you know that, independent of any action from another human, have come to profess faith in Jesus Christ? How many people have been still enough to tune in to God's voice to hear it without any human involvement in the message getting through? If you grew up going to church, how did you understand what was going on at church? How did you get to church? in the first place, people. If you did not grow up going to church, how did you end up in one? Maybe you came through your own God-initiated impulse, but that's pretty rare. And even if you did, interactions you had with friends and family and neighbors that were believers surely impacted you on your journey and completely outside of the church setting. Haven't we all had experiences of God that help us know and love and understand him more? And haven't many of those experiences been in the form of a word said, a kindness done, a fellowship shared by someone who believes and just maybe was led by God to say or do those very things? We have a lot of work to do. And we may think we are not equipped for the work. We may think we don't know the scriptures well enough. We think that our stories are not big enough, compelling enough. Spiritual guide and author Sister Macrina Whitaker spoke to these doubting ways of our hearts in her book, A Tree Full of Angels. She wrote, All too often, we bemoan our imperfections rather than embrace them As part of the process in which we are brought to God. Cherished emptiness gives God space in which to work. We are pure capacity for God. Let us not then take our littleness lightly. It is a wonderful grace. It is a gift to receive. At the same time, let us not get trapped in the confines of our littleness, but keep pushing to claim our greatness remind yourself often she says I am pure capacity for God I can be more we have a lot of work to do and when we think of ourselves the way God does as those with pure capacity for his work we find that there is nothing onerous or difficult about the task we have been given The work is about going out in the world and seeking fellowship with those who are like us and those who are not like us. The work is about making a difference in the lives of those we are blessed to be in contact with. And the work is about telling those we are with our stories. Stories that are woven through and through with God's grace and mercy and love. May we be the people of God who recognize that every day is an opportunity to carry Jesus' name out into the world in word and deed. May the Holy Spirit equip us for all of this work and may the harvest be plentiful that all names will be written in heaven just as God desires. Let us pray. Merciful Heavenly Father, We feel so small and little and we look out in the world and all of the problems and troubles seem so big. But we must remember that you have placed us in a specific time and place with influence and touch and reach for specific people and situations. You have written a story, Lord, in us, a story that we can share We don't have to know scripture and verse. All we need to know is how we have experienced you and the difference it's made in our lives. Lord, help us to carry our story out into the world boldly and bravely, witnessing to them in word and deed that they may know your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.